1: and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. Are you one of the 50 million Americans covered by Social Security? If so, have you any clear idea of your rights and benefits under Social Security? Well, there may be a pleasant surprise in store for you, for in a few minutes... You will learn from our sponsor, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States, how easy it is to build social security into full security. Mm -hmm. Tonight's FBI file The Careless Kidnappers. Mm
2: The business of crime in America is experiencing the greatest boom in the history of the nation. It has no problem of manpower, for today, one out of every 23 persons in America has an arrest record. And it has no problem of raw materials, for its raw materials are potential victims and money. And there's a population of 140 million people on hand who are making more money than ever before. Consequently, the wheels of every branch of crime, including that dealt with in tonight's case from the files of your FBI, are rolling in high gear and turning out an all-time high production volume of a major crime every 17 seconds. In other words, since this program went on the air two and a half minutes ago, eight major crimes have been committed in this country. Pearl Bedford was, you might say, one of the most even-tempered persons in all the world. Unpleasant all the time. And her disposition is being far from sweetened at the moment by three things. The stifling mid-afternoon heat which is making a furnace of the Chicago apartment. The sight of her husband sprawled on the couch. And the brassy trumpeting of Satch. An unemployed friend who has been sharing the apartment. Pearl paces the floor, then suddenly stops and addresses her husband.
3: Listen, stupid. Yeah, honey? I want you to go across the hall and stuff that bugle down that guy's throat.
4: I will when I get tired of it.
3: He's been blowing his brains out for an hour now. I like it. I don't.
4: Ah, quit beefing, will you?
3: I'll stop beefing when you get out and get us some money. Look,
4: don't start that again.
3: Well, what are you waiting for? Woods are full of suckers with dough, and everybody's getting their share. Everybody but you.
4: I am not interested in nickels and dimes.
3: Oh. Oh, pardon me.
4: When I make a score, it's going to be a big one.
3: Well, you're not going to make it laying around oh, there. Oh, shut up. I will shut
4: up. Okay, okay.
3: Where are you going?
4: Going in to see Starch. where it's peaceful. Who's there? It's me, Broadway. Come on in. Starch. Yeah. Play some more, will you? Play loud. (laughs) You've been Ruben again? Yeah. What was it this time? Well, for one thing, Pearl don't appreciate your efforts on the trumpet, Satch. No kidding. Well, look, down at the casino, they're paying Hot Lips Hanover $7,500 a week for the same kind of efforts. Paying them how much? $7,500 pieces of that beautiful green stuff. It's a lot of money every week. It's a lot of money, never mind the time limit. (laughs) Yeah. I guess this Hanover character would hate to stop working right now, wouldn't he? While he can make that kind of dough? Hey, look, if I was making that kind of money, I... What do you mean? You come up with any idea yet that we can make a big touch? Ah, I think I have. Get Pearl in here. What for? I'm going to show her how lucky we are that you've been playing that trumpet. Will you get a load of those Bobby Soxies out there?
3: Broadway, you're taking a chance parking right in front of the stage door. Now
4: quit beefing, will you, Satch? Yeah. You sure you're right about Hot Lips Hannibal playing that benefit tonight? Yeah. As soon as he finishes his last show here, he's going right over to the Lakeside Hotel. If he can get through
3: those kids around the door.
4: All right, take the wheel, Satch. Make room in the back seat, Pearl. I'll go get him. Your way all in one piece. I beg your pardon? The car's waiting right over here. The car? Did they tell you they were sending somebody over from the benefit to pick you up? No, no, they didn't tell me. <laughs> no, not right now, honey, not right now. That's what we're here for. Come on. Now hold on to me. Let's see if we can make it to the car. All right, let's go. come on. Get uh, us uh, through here. Will you, kids? Come, get me, kids. Get me. Wait. All right, get in, Mr. Hanover. Yeah.
3: I guess you get pretty tired of that kind of stuff. Come, Mr. Hanover. Yeah, I said...
4: Well, I'm sorry I was in such a hurry to get in the car, I'm afraid I didn't see its very attractive occupant. This is Miss Mason, Mr. Hanover. Hello. Pleased to meet you. Are you playing the benefit tonight, too, Miss Mason? Well, I... uh She's part of the show tonight, Mr. Hanover, but not the one at the hotel. Oh, what do you mean? I mean, she has to do with this gun in your son. What is this? You know, Wisconsin is lovely this time of year, Hanover. You might get to enjoy a little of it if everything goes all right. That's up to you.
2: It was shortly before noon the next morning... When a little man with a big cigar dashed into the Chicago office of the FBI, where he was ushered into the presence of the agent in charge, Dixon, and told his story excitedly.
4: And here's a ransom note, Mr. Dixon. It just arrived in the mail about 20 minutes ago, and I came over with it right away. I'm glad you did. They want $25,000. What are we going to do? Well, our first concern is the safety of the victim. Now, you say Hanover got in a car with someone outside the casino club last night. yes but he didn't show up at the hotel for the benefit, and that's the last anyone saw of him. Have any idea who he drove away with? Well, the man on the stage door heard somebody say that he had come over to pick Hanover up. Any description? No. See what kind of card was? No. He didn't suspect anybody of anything. I'll get the ransom note off to Washington by airmail right away to have it checked for clues. Well, how about the $25,000? you are instructed in the note to put an ad in the local paper, letting them know you're willing to meet their terms. You, you mean I'm willing... Aren't you? Yeah, yeah, sure, but... Then for the sake of Mr. Hanover's safety, and to make it possible for us to go directly to work on the case, our advice is to meet the ransom terms as quickly as you can. Miss... Miss. Yeah? That guy inside there playing the trumpet. Does he have to do that?
3: Why, Mr. Hanover, he's a fan of yours. He's got a strange way of showing it. That's how the snatch happened in the first place. What do you mean? He told us how good you were, how much dough you were making. That's what gave us the idea.
4: Oh, now I really feel bad. Look, how much longer are you going to hold me here?
3: That depends. On what? A car just stopped outside. I think I'll, you'll get your answer real soon.
4: Hi, honey. What's the word? Hanover, it looks like you'll be out of the woods by tomorrow night. Oh?
3: What do you mean, Broadway?
4: The ad in the paper says they'll pay off. Here's where you come in, baby. How? You're going to pick up the dough.
3: Are you kidding? Why? This is your party, sweetheart. If you think I'm going to be. Shut by...
4: up and listen. Satch keeps Hanover here. You and I drive into Chicago tomorrow morning. At 11 o'clock, a woman in a blue dress wearing a gardenia will be standing at the perfume counter in Gordon's department store. I don't get it. You'll be standing next to her. When she leaves, she'll accidentally drop her bag. You pick it up and start after her. But instead of catching up with her, you go out the other way and bring the bag to me in the car.
3: And there'd be 25 grand in the bag?
4: That's right. Where's such.
3: Are you deaf? Just follow the sound of those musical notes.
4: Oh, Yeah? Satch, you sure you can trust that brother of yours in Des Moines? Sure, he's 100%. Been running a hideout for three years. Never lost a customer. Okay, now go back inside and write him a letter. Tell him company's coming. Okay. I'll mail it in the morning in Chicago. <laughs> Come in, Mr. Dixon. Come ahead, Webb. How'd you make out? I located a couple of the kids who were standing outside the casino stage door that night. But all they remembered was a big black sedan. I see. Did you hear from Washington? Yes, I just received a teletype. The ransom note was written on cheap stationery that you can get at any store for a nickel. Mm Mm-hmm. The handwriting doesn't check with any on file and there were no fingerprints. Oh. Uh, what next? The ransom money is being picked up in the department store at 11 o'clock. Yes. At least we'll have a picture of whoever comes for the money. Well, uh, how's that? I've planted Jackson with a camera on a stepladder a couple of counters away, as though he's making pictures for display ads. And he'll get a shot of whoever picks up the bag. Right. And as soon as Hanover is safe, the hunt begins. (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Hanover How about letting that thing cool off for a while? Don't stop me now, I just got it warmed up All right, turn it off, Batch hiya, Broadway, you got the money? Yep, come on, we gotta be moving Okay, but look what I got Mr. Hotlips gave me his own trumpet Hey, that was real generous of you, Hanover Generous? Well, what else could I do? Satch, you didn't threaten I a... never threatened nothing. I just asked the man to give me his horn for a sort of parting gift, and he said no, so I started doing a little whittling with my knife. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Hanover, I'll have to blindfold you again. I'm used to it by now. Okay, here you go. Yeah, that's got it. That too tight? No, let's get started. Come on, sense. Okay. Broadway. Yeah? Tell me about the dough. What about it? With the whole 25,000? Sure. Hey, that ain't bad. 25,000 divided by three. That's a nice hunk for me. Over eight G's. Uh huh. Where's Pearl? Over there in the car. Is she gonna beef? About what? About cutting me in for a third. Ah, she ain't gonna beef about nothing. That don't sound like Pearl. Get behind the wheel, Satch. You drive. Okay. Should we head right in for. Hey. What's the matter? Look at Pearl. Well? (laughs) No wonder she can't beef. She's dead.
1: We will return in just a moment to tonight's case which shows how your FBI helps provide national security. Now, let's listen in on a conversation about social security between a man named Fred Cameron and his friend, the Equitable Society representative.
4: Listen, Milton, you've been holding out on me. Last night, that brother-in-law of mine was bragging how he was going to retire on a nice, comfortable income when he got to be 65. That's right, Fred, he is. Yes, and he said you worked the whole thing out for him. You showed him how to make Social Security and life insurance dovetail. He said it was amazing how little it costs to build Social Security into full security. That's what we Equitable Society
1: representatives are always saying. Well, why not say it to me? You're supposed to be my friend, too. All right, Fred. With your two children, ages five and three, your Social Security is equivalent to about $13,210 worth of life insurance. And that makes a mighty good foundation on which to build full security. I'll say it does. Let's hear some more. Yes, Fred. Most Americans are amazed when they find out what a valuable asset they have in social security. When they discover how easy it is to build social security into full security through life insurance. For instance, if you already own some life insurance, your equitable society representative may be able to show you how only a few dollars extra per month will give your family complete protection and assure you a comfortable retirement income through the Equitable Extended Income Plan. Remember, your Social Security benefits vary according to your age, salary, and family situation. So why not get the facts? Find out exactly what you are entitled to under Social Security. The government has prepared a special card that will help you secure this information. To obtain one of these cards... Get in touch with your Equitable Society representative or send your name and address on a postcard to the Equitable Society, care of this station. That's EQUITABLE, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now, back to the FBI file The Careless Kidnappers.
2: Through its policy of waiting until the victim is released, your FBI severely handicaps itself in the task of apprehending the kidnappers. But the safety of the victim comes first. And strict adherence to its rule of waiting has meant in scores of cases the difference between life and death for the victim. As for the kidnapper, no matter how much of a start this rule of waiting gives him the advantage is inevitably lost. For like any other criminal, he always leaves one or more traces of his crime, which, in turn, lead always to his capture. (laughs) Released by his kidnappers shortly after dark in a suburb of Chicago, the victim, Hanover, identified himself to a passing police patrol and was driven swiftly to the city to FBI headquarters where he gave an account of events up to the time of his release.
4: I was still blindfolded when they put me out, so I was unable to get a good description of the car. They've probably gotten rid of it by now, anyway. But the body of that woman was still in the car. They've probably gotten rid of that, too, Mr. Hanover. Mr. Hanover, we have a picture here of the woman who picked up the ransom money. One of our agents snapped it in the department store. Here it is. Uh Uh-huh, that's her, all right. They call it Pearl. We haven't been able to identify it yet with anybody in our files or at police headquarters. I see. Webb? Yes? Get a teletype off to Washington right away on those nicknames. Uh, Broadway and Satch? Yeah, that's right. Washington may be able to find something on them in the nickname file. Right. Mr. Hanover, you said we might be able to find the cabin where they held you. Yeah. They blindfolded me, of course, before we got out of Chicago that night. Uh Uh-huh. But after a while, the blindfold slipped a bit. And I remember seeing that we went north after passing through Kenosha. Yes. Then they discovered the blindfold had slipped and fixed it back. Oh. But about 15 minutes later, we passed over a wooden bridge. I could hear the planking rattle. Uh-huh. I got a sudden idea. As soon as we were off the bridge, I snapped on the second hand on my wristwatch here. It's a stopwatch model, you see. Oh, yes. We turned right. And when we stopped at the cabin, I stopped the watch. Good. Good. When they took the blindfold off, I noticed that we had traveled four minutes and 28 seconds from the bridge. Good for you. I wish all kidnapped victims would be that alert. Now, how fast was the car traveling, would you say? Well, Broadway kept warning Satch to hold the speed to 35 miles an hour because of the highway police. Uh-huh. Hanover, this may be the lead that helps crack the case if we can find that cabin. Uh-huh. This is the cabin, all right, Mr. Dixon. Flash on your light, Webb. Right. Let's look around. Somebody's bound to have left a fingerprint or two somewhere around here. Uh, Would they likely be on a drinking glass? Definitely. Why? Well, there's the glass Broadway used to drink whiskey out of last night. This one here? Yeah. Hold that light closer. Okay. Look at them. Yes, three clear prints. We'll get those all right. Uh, Webb, put your hand inside the glass and hold it steady, will you? Right. I just get this powder and this tape out. Now, how do you take the prints? Well, we'll cover them with dusting powder. Take a strip of this lifting tape. Stick it on over the dusted prints. And peel the tape off. Oh, well, the impression of the prints is on the tape. Yes. Mr. Dixon. Yes? This uh, writing tablet here on the table... Look at the paper. Yes. It looks like the same kind the ransom note was written on. And the inside of the cover is a blotter, too. Look, it's been used. Yeah, the one called Satch wrote a letter on the tablet last night. Broadway was going to meet in Chicago this morning. Yeah, give me that mirror, Webb. Okay. Here you are. Now, see if we can make out those blotted letters. Have to hide out with you... For a... I guess he means for a while. That looks like part of an address down a little farther. Uh Uh-huh. Des Moines. Des Moines, Iowa. I can't make out the rest. Well, that's enough to start us on our way to Des Moines, though. Right. Well, let's get back to Chicago first and see if we can identify these prints. What, Yeah? you see my trumpet? It's under the couch. What's you doing there? I put it there. Why? I couldn't take any more of that playing. You just don't like music. Not that kind of music. Uh, you're unhappy because you got lots of money and you can't get outside to spend it. Yeah, maybe that's it. How long do you think we ought to stay here with my brother? Till the heat's off. How long will that take? Another ten days or so. It's oh, a long time. Wish I had my Hanover records out here so I'd have something to play against. That's all we need. Wait a minute. Hmm? I just thought of something. What? The radio. They should be playing them on one of the stations out here. <laughs> hey, give me my trumpet. Type. just in from Washington, Mr. Dixon. Thanks. Well, here's the works, Webb. The prints on the glass belong to Joseph Bedford, extortionist, swindler. Yes. And the nickname port says Bedford's nickname is Broadway. Good. As for the nickname Satch, the only one on record belongs to a man named Johnson who works with Broadway Joe Bedford. Mm-hmm. Well, what's our next move? First, let's take a look around in Bedford, Chicago apartment. Here's his last known address. Maybe Satch lived there, too. Right. And then we'll head for Des Moines. What luck, Webb. Well, I've combed all the record stores here in Des Moines, Dixon, and nobody answering Satch's description has bought any Hanover recordings. I don't understand that. There must have been at least a hundred Hanover records in his Chicago room. It's a cinch they have gone under here somewhere. If only the rest of that address had come off on the blotter. Well, anyway, the photos of Broadway and Satch arrived here by air a little while ago. We won't have any trouble identifying them when we Wait a find minute. It. Got an idea? Hanover said wherever we found Satch... We'd find him playing that trumpet. Yes, but. And he's got to have a recording to play against. And for Satch, it's got to be a Hanover recording. He hasn't bought any here. Maybe he wouldn't have to buy any. What? It's a long chance, but it's one worth trying, and it just might pay off for us, too. Well, so much for Swanlight Sinatra. Gets up for some blazing blasts from a tar trumpet. Because here's a request recording by Hot Lips Hell. That's my boy, Broadway. Drop the needle and give us a downbeat, son. (laughs) Satch, can I throw a little bribe money at you? Satch, listen to me, will you? Satch, you say something, Broadway? I'll give 50 bucks for that trumpet. Hey, look, this horn is a hot lift hand original, remember? Okay, hijacker, I'll give you 50 bucks to stop playing just for five. Cut off that radio. What's the idea. Sorry to break up the party, boys, but we're special agents at the FBI. What? you are both under arrest for kidnapping. And there's an extra charge of murder for you, Bedford. A car with your wife's body in it was just found a while ago. Okay. How did you find us? Well, we figured since you didn't bring any Hanover recordings with you, and since you didn't buy any in Des Moines, you might be requesting some to be played in the recording broadcast. Huh? when your call came in, we had it traced here to your brother's house. Give me that horn, Satch. Hey, look out, Broadway. What are you going to do? Broadway! Never mind. You won't be needing it anyway.
2: For their crime of kidnapping, Joseph Bedford and Robin Johnson are serving life terms in a federal penitentiary. Bedford was not tried for the murder of his wife inasmuch as she was her husband's accomplice in crime and he has received a life sentence anyway for kidnapping. Although fewer kidnappings are committed than any other major crime, their number has increased proportionately with the alarming upsurge of crime in America. According to Mr. J. Edgar Hoover, director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, crime has increased 13% in the last six months as compared with the corresponding period last year. In a crime survey just compiled by your FBI, we find larceny up 9.8%. Aggravated assault, 10%. Auto theft, 15.5%. Burglary... 17%. Negligent manslaughter, 19.2%. Murder, 28.5%. And robberies have increased 31.8%. These are startling figures. Figures that call for a doubling of effort on the part of all of us. So that this present crime wave shall not become a tidal wave. Engulfing you, the American people.
1: In just a moment, we'll tell you about next week's colorful story from the files of your FBI. And now, once again, friends, let me remind you that no matter how much you earn, you have a valuable asset in Social Security. And your Equitable Society representative will gladly show you how easy it is to build your social security into full security. He will explain to you how social security and life insurance can work together for your complete protection and will help you determine exactly where you stand under social security. No obligation, of course. Phone him tomorrow. Your Equitable Society representative is listed in your local phone book under the name Equitable, E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States.
2: Next week, we will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, The Return of the Mob.
1: Incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Frank East and your narrator was Dean Carlton. This is your FBI. is a Jerry Divine production. This is Milton Cross speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community and inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, The Return of the Mob on This is Your FBI.